This is the Bates Bobcast, our weekly podcast where we take a look at the week that was in Bates Athletics. My name is Aaron Morse, and this week we're looking back on the men's and women's cross-country team's trip to Louisville, which saw both teams finish in the top 10, and the women finish second overall. We also celebrate our Bobcats of the week, Katie Barker of the women's cross-country team, and football's Mark Upton, who had a couple other awards to celebrate as well. All that and more, coming up on the Bates. Bobcast. The football team traveled to Tufts on Saturday and engaged in a defensive struggle with the Jumbos. The Bobcats trailed six to nothing at halftime. But quarterback Sandy Plashkas found Brian Daly for a 30-yard touchdown pass, and the extra point made the score 7-6 in favor of Bates, with 11.58 to go in the third quarter. However, the Jumbos managed to score their lone touchdown of the game in the fourth quarter on a 15-yard Ryan McDonald run into the end zone. Their two-point conversion attempt was no good, but Tufts hung on from there to beat the Bobcats 12-7. We caught up with head coach Mark Harriman to recap the low-scoring affair in Somerville. Well, Coach, rainy conditions at Tufts this past weekend. First of all, how has that changed the game in terms of both sides when, it, when it's that rainy out there on the field? There's a, an old philosophy that you, you want to try to make things happen while the the track is as as good as possible as you know and, and it, the the field did get chewed up relatively quickly so um we we felt we we might be able to hold some things off until you know early in the second half but you know by midway through the second quarter it was it was basically uh, you know a ground game for both teams yeah, trying to run the football, and so for the defense, I mean, at least from the base perspective, that makes it a little bit more predictable out there, right? Yeah, uh, you know, they, they uh, um, I, I, again, it just with the conditions, you know, the the wind was pretty good, blowing pretty good. So if you, you know, obviously throwing into the wind was a was an issue. So you, you know, that even limited it even more. So uh, it did become more of a, you know, who was going to be able to stop the run and. And then Mark Upton, especially in the second half, really just had a huge game. I mean, career-high 17 tackles. 11 of those were solo tackles. Uh, just watching the game, your perspective, um, I mean, he normally has great games, but this one in particular stood out. So what was so effective about him on, uh, on Saturday? Yeah, well, I, again, I mean, that, that's his forte is, is he's, a, he's a great run defender and, um, you know, a team that's going to come out and, and attempt to run the football on us, uh, you know, with him in the middle is – is uh we kind of like that 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 scenario so uh he did a a great job of just uh being disciplined with with what he was doing and and letting his his keys take him to the ball on offense only one pass completion because of the weather but it was a big one right a 30 yard strike to to brian daly for a touchdown what is i mean daly had a 16 yard catch in the first game also and he sort of emerged this year a little bit for you guys. What makes him um, effective as a wide receiver? Yeah, well, he's doing a great job with everything. He's doing a great job with his perimeter blocking. He's doing a, a great job running routes. Um, he's 
you know, he's got good quickness, can get off the line, uh, and and um, has, you know, just continued to, to make some plays for us. Um, you know, it was a situation where we felt that, again, in different situations, they were going to be susceptible to some play-action pass, and due to the weather conditions, it, it, we, we didn't end up throwing him that often, but he was, um, you know, uh, open on that one with you know, with a, obviously running a great route and good play action fake, and Sandy threw a nice ball. I noticed Tufts brought in a different quarterback in the second half who ran the ball a lot for them. Would you have any tape on him before that game? Uh, we did not. He's a young guy. Um, we know, you know, just from recruiting that he he was more of a more of a, a zone read, you know, type of of quarterback, and and did a good job. And you know, they they, uh, they made a couple of plays go that they had not run. They they have run the the zone read play with the quarterback keeping the ball before that with it, with their starter. Um, you know, they, they put in a nice little wrinkle that they were able to hold till later in the game and had a couple of, you know, plays that, that he was able to make go up in the middle. And, and uh, um, really that was probably the difference in the game. And I know after the first game you talked about needing to maintain the intensity level throughout the entire game. Do you feel like the team did that this time? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I felt we played played really solid for 60 minutes. Um, you know, the the thing that I, I was really impressed with is, is that our intensity level was better coming out at halftime um, than, than it had been. Um, certainly the first week, but I think in, you know th- that's something that, that we talked to our guys about. Um, that was a goal of ours to make sure that you know the second half was going to you know we were going to crank that intensity level up, and I thought guys did that. And then obviously this week you got a home game finally, right? Hosting Williams, a team that's off to a, a tough start. They're they're zero and two, and so I mean offensively, obviously the key will be to put some more points on the board. I mean, what are you looking to work on in practice this week to make that happen? Yeah, well, we've got to balance out. You know, I mean, that was our that was our, our, our goal going in. Um, certainly the weather played a factor on not not allowing us to do that a little bit. Um, so we hope that that, you know, we'll be able to do that this week. I mean, obviously this is a, a great a great day to be back at home at back at Bates with uh, all the festivities on campus and our guys will be excited to play in front of a home crowd and and uh, you know we again we just we took a, a, I think a huge step as a, as a team this past week and you know if we continue to do that throughout this week in practice and put it all together on Saturday I, I feel confident we'll come out with a win. All right, great. Last question for you. First two weeks of the year, what do you think you've learned about your team so far that's really stuck out to you that you're going to apply going forward? Yeah, well, they're resilient. I mean, you know, it, we, we obviously ran into a really good team week one, and if you look at, at what they did to Williams last week, that certainly uh, kind of puts things into perspective for us. So um, I, I think, you know, putting that aside and being able to come back this week and, and really go, you know, toe to toe with, a, with a, again, a, you know, a quality football team in Tufts um, has shown us that, you know, these guys, again, they come out and work hard every day. And, and um, if we can continue to improve in, in the areas that we need to, then I, I think, you know, everything's going to work out fine for us. All right, Coach, thanks so much. Thank you. Despite the loss, it was another banner game for senior captain Mark Upton. He tallied a career-high 17 tackles and a career-high four tackles for loss to go along with a sack on the afternoon.
Earlier in the week, Upton was named a semifinalist for the National Football Foundation's William B. Campbell Trophy for Scholar-Athletes. He is the only player from the NESCAC to make the list of 156 football players from across every level of college football. Then, after his performance against Tufts, the NESCAC honored Upton as the Defensive Player of the Week in the conference. For those reasons, Upton is our male Bobcat of the Week. Talking with our male Bobcat of the Week, Mark Upton here on the Bobcast. And first of all, rainy conditions down there at Tufts, at least what I saw on the web stream. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, 17 tackles, lots of running, rushing from both sides. What was that like for you as a linebacker playing in those conditions? It was a long game, um, but yeah, the mud made it a little... Uh, a little easier for us we got to focus mostly on the run game which was what they were the best at and which we were the best at our so it was big uh, a lot of run game and uh, helped kind of simplify the game which kind of took a lot of the passing out which helped us on defense even though he's a really good back probably the best back in the league but also um, hurt our offense a little bit I mean so but it was a hard game and unfortunately it didn't go our way but a lot of improvement from the week before Throughout the game as you're making all those tackles, because like you had a career-high 17, are you thinking, this is a lot of tackles even for me normally? <laughs> uh, no, no. I, I was thinking about a lot of other things. Yeah. But it was, uh, yeah, a lot of dirt on the jersey when I took it off. And, uh, no, it was uh, a lot of tackles all around for everyone. So I didn't really notice it. I was yeah. just happy. Coach Chairman says you're especially strong as a run stopper. What do you like about stopping the run so much? Um I'm not as great in space, uh, so uh, that's why I'm in the middle. I have my two more athletic uh, outside linebackers outside of me. But, yeah, it kind of simplifies it and get to go downhill. Um, it's always kind of been what's been my bread and butter. and I've been trying to work on the passing game a lot um, this year, especially coming in. So making improvements, but definitely not my forte. I know former Boston College star Luke Keekley is now in the NFL's kind of your role model in terms of how you play. Uh, what makes him an example for you? Uh, he, because he can do it all. We were actually just watching him on the uh, TV right over there before. Um, but, yeah, he's an incredible. I used to watch him when he was at BC. did the BC camp the year after he graduated, and uh, I think all of our linebacker meetings were watching his highlight tapes. So it, uh, but, yeah, the way he sees the field, the way he sees the passing game especially, and he knows, and, I mean, his preparation, kind of seeing what the play is going to be before it even happens, um, it's definitely something I try to take into it. Uh, can't do it as well, but I'm definitely trying. I know you're a senior now, but um, this is the first time I've had you on the Bobcast, so i got to ask you a question I ask everybody. First-time guest, back when you were looking at colleges, what attracted you to Bates? Oh, it was uh, it was Bates, Bates wanted me. I was definitely looking for a spot that uh, had that mutual. I looked at all the schools in NESCAC, and it just Bates happened to be the one that worked out, and I'm incredibly thankful for it now. It was a long process, but I'm definitely where I should be. And we got the home opener this Saturday. How excited are you after two road games to finally be home? Yeah, it's going to be great. There's going to be a lot of fans up. I mean, we had a good, almost equal turnout at uh, Tufts, and I think it's going to be great having everyone up. Um, definitely looking to get that first win. That's how it worked out, I want to say, my sophomore year, and it's definitely a great experience having everyone there. Yeah, we're back to Bates weekend coming up. And then for you, I know you have interests off the football field as well. Tell us about those. Uh, well, I'm a politics major, so this is now a big time. A um, yeah. lot, lot of debates, a um, lot of watching, uh, talking in the room, uh, having my roommates over and having some heated discussions. That's definitely a big part of, especially now I was in D.C. last semester in the spring, so it's been kind of nonstop. So I'm 
thankful football's been get to watch some football instead of talking about politics. Football, a little bit of a distraction then? Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> yes, most definitely. Yeah. And then, um, you know, what's Coach Harriman like? He's a former linebacker himself, right? Yeah, he's uh, he's definitely, I think he was saying he's really excited to be back. At, he played linebacker, used to be a linebacker coach, so it's great. He has a lot of, lot of like, small points that kind of go lo- get lost when you're talking more macro level. But he's... He definitely knows what he's talking about, so it's been great to have him and kind of get closer to him. He's he's kind of oversees everything, but it's good to get some time with him. As one of the team captains, what do you say to some of the younger guys who may you know not necessarily be discouraged, but like maybe disappointed, like you know 0-2 at the moment, but you know there's lots of season ahead. Yeah, right. I think it's um, looking at the progress week to week. I mean, the first game like played a really strong first half, and then didn't didn't come up in the second half. Yesterday or on Saturday, we played probably three and a half or quarter like we're because we're, we're making a lot of progress so we're now trying to just just have to look at it game by game now now it's time to put it all together for Williams sure absolutely and then for you personally what are some of your goals as the season moves forward what, what do you want to see happen in your final uh, year as a Bates Bobcat uh, well I definitely want the CBB yeah. I definitely because uh, we I think we've won or shared it all for all three years now um I'm pretty sure. Back and, to back uh, out right time. Yeah, yeah. So it's been, uh, it's definitely always a goal, but it's also kind of proven that we're right there. Like we can make that jump. And I think it's like, as freshmen, we saw like the four and four, like getting over that hump. And we were a little disappointed last year. We couldn't continue that momentum. So definitely trying to set something for our legacy going on, trying to help the team, the program move forward after we leave. All right, great. Well, Mark, congrats again on not only being our Bobcat of the Week, but the NETSCAC Defensive Player of the Week as well. Thanks so much. Thank you very much. The volleyball team got the week off to a good start with a 3-0 victory over St. Joseph's on Tuesday. Sophomore Claire Naughton tallied 12 kills with a remarkable kill percentage of 55%. She joined the Bobcast after the match. Well, Claire, a 3 nothing victory here today over St. Joseph's, kind of a non-conference prep for really the meat of the NESCAT schedule. What were you all working on today to prepare for, you know, the tough uh, matches ahead here? Um, we just really wanted to focus on controlling our side of the court, doing what we can do, and working the best that we can. Um, and so we were just really focusing on ourselves and on working and improving and using this as an opportunity to really see what we can do. And I saw you obviously get a, a ton of kills there up by the net. Sometimes you'll spike it or sometimes you'll try to finesse it over. How do you decide what you're going to be doing? Um, I've got some great teammates out there and everyone does a really good job of talking to me and letting me know. Coach is really good at informing us about what's going on on the other side of the net and we just all really cooperate and work together to make sure everyone's making the smart plays. Last year you got to play a lot as a first year. What was that experience like? It was really exciting. It was it was really fun to come in and be with a new team and be with a new coach and be with a new program and I just really love every opportunity I get to play volleyball. And this team coming together this year, what's it looking like? Is it kind of a nice bounce back win after you know you had the 2-0 lead uh, the other day, but uh, this time you're able to just finish them off, right? Mm-hmm, that was really nice. I think we're really working on our chemistry. We're working on how we work together on our side of the court and trying to just focus on ourselves and control what we can control. What did you learn from your experience playing last year as a first year about NESCAC playing, how tough it is? Um, that you can never quit, you can never give up, you got to keep pushing. It doesn't matter if you're up or you're down, the game isn't over until someone hits 25, and that's a really important thing to remember. What do you think the points of emphasis will be in practice leading up to the two couple road games you have? Um, I think just making sure that we have all our hitters operating, we have our setters running a really aggressive offense, and our defense just picks up every ball they can. All right, Claire, thanks so much. Thank you so much. The weekend saw the cross-country teams send their top 10 men and their top 10 women to Louisville. 
the site of the 2016 NCAA championship meet for the Louisville Cross Country Classic. The men's team finished 7th out of 43 teams, with first-year James Jones finishing 12th overall out of 388 runners. Head coach Al Farashidian updates us on the 24th nationally ranked Bobcats. It was a great trip, and it was, uh, you know, it, it was the meet was serving as the pre-national meet and an opportunity to get on the on what will turn out to be the national championship course later on in the year. So it was, it was a great experience to get on out there and and to go to a place we've never been before. And in Louisville, Kentucky, is kind of a fun place to visit. We had a chance to go visit the uh, Louisville Slugger uh, Museum and Hall of Fame, and the, that place was phenomenal. It was just uh, we had a very very good time. I think the kids, I think, had um, you know a tremendous opportunity to get into a big meet and. And, you know, they, they, they handled themselves reasonably well. I think we would have hoped for a little better uh, finish. But at the same time, you know, to, to get in a field of 43 teams and 350 runners and to, you know, certainly be in the, in the front part of that field, uh, that, that bodes well for, you know, gaining experience and moving in a good direction. And then James Jones finished 12th out of those, you know, hundreds of runners. And so how do you evaluate his performance? Looked like pretty good again from him first year. Yeah, he's he's been excellent and, and he's very uh, consistent. And I think that was a that was a you know it was a it was a very solid performance for him. Um, you know I think we're still being a little conservative with him as far as getting him out in, at the start of races. And um, I think he was probably somewhere around you know twenty twenty fifth with you know the first two miles of the race. So he moved up significantly over the second half of the race. And and that's uh, you know that's something we try to build in. And as he gets a little bit more experience, I think we'll be able to get him out a little bit faster, get him a little bit closer to the front, and be able to utilize some of that strength, you know, more effectively later on. Is this something the team typically does is a preview, like where the Nationals would be, or is this unique for this year? Uh, it's a little bit of both. I mean, we'd like to do it, but a lot of times it's just not feasible that we can get it done. Um, you know, for the last uh, five or six years, though, we've been trying to add a a national invitational onto our on, onto our competitive schedule for this same reason, having the experience. If we do get the chance to go out there, we're going to go out there with a bunch of guys that have never been to nationals before. So this was just good experience to get on a plane, to get there, see the course, get all fired up, have all of that stuff, and then figure out how do you how do you deal with that come race time. And and you know, I think the, you know what will what this weekend will turn out to be is a great learning experience for the team. And then um, this upcoming weekend, no meet schedule, but then the following week you do have the main state meet, and that's always really big for you guys, right? Yeah, it's a you know a meet we've had a lot of success in over the past. It's a meet that we care about, and I think all the teams here in Maine care about. Um, you know, but we're you've hit it hit the nail on the head, and this is an off week for us. But that means it's just a, a great week of preparation, and and uh, you know, so we're going to try to learn from our experience this past weekend, and and uh, get back to work and, and try to get some good things in this week, and be ready to go next week on our home course. Yeah, and you mentioned you were hoping for maybe a slightly better performance overall. So, what is going to be your point of emphasis to the team in, this, in the upcoming week or so, preparing for the next, um, you know, for Maine states and and next next beyond that. Well, we're, we're training very well. Uh, the guys are very well prepared. I've been really pleased with what I'm seeing in practices and workouts and, and things along that lines. Now I think the, the key for us is learning how to compete consistently at the level that we're training and preparing at when we get into those meet situations. And, and you know, I mean, being in that big, large meet 
situation this weekend, you know, is something that a lot of these guys haven't had a ton of experience in. And, uh, and, I, and I think it was valuable to get that in. But when we, you know, focusing later in the year, we're trying to really get ready for the New England Regional Championships. And there will be 60-plus teams in that field. And so we've got to be ready to handle a big field and be ready to race consistently with the way that we're training and preparing. So that's really going to be consistency and consistency, consistency over time has been all, always one of the, you know, the primary principles that we try to we try to base our our program on and that's what we got to continue to work on all right al thanks so much for your time good thank you Anna. the women's cross-country team shined in louisville finishing second out of 39 teams and once again senior jessica wilson led the way finishing ninth out of 332 individuals the bobcats finished ahead of three nationally ranked teams and only number 14 nationally ranked hope college finished ahead of bates by just four points Head coach Jay Hartshorn reflects on the great weekend. Well, Jay, a second place finish at the Louisville Cross Country Classic for the women's cross country team. First of all, how was the trip? Because obviously it's kind of a unique regular season trip for the team to make. Yeah, it was um, It was something that I think really motivated people's training this summer, knowing that we were going to make this trip and we could only bring 10 people. Um, what was good about it is it actually in a lot of ways felt easier than what we did last year, which was taking a bus to Paul Short, being on a bus for eight hours versus being on a plane for three hours and then also being able to move around when you have a layover. So uh, that part of it made it almost feel a little bit easier despite the fact that we went much further away. And then, um, obviously, a kind of a unique city. I know the men's team did a lot of tourism-type stuff. Did you guys do anything like that? Yeah, what was really fun was that none of the girls had been to Kentucky before, none of the women. So we were in Kentucky, and then we walked across the pedestrian bridge, and we were in Indiana, and none of them had been to Indiana <laughs> before. So we crossed those two states off everyone's list. Um, so we also spent some time downtown, which was pretty cool, and then just sort of all being together and like sort of being a whole day somewhere uh, together was something that we don't usually get an opportunity to do. So there's a lot of like team bonding, even if it was just at Whole Foods or wherever. And then our female Bobcat of the week, um, Katie, came up big for you for all there. Uh, her performance, I mean, beat her record by like two minutes. So I mean, what I mean, what, what did you see from her in terms of stepping up there? Yeah. So this is Katie's first sort of real season across country. Last year, she ran cross country but never ran it in high school and was coming off of ACL surgery from soccer. And so um, we knew based on track last year that Katie was really going to be able to run cross country this year. But I think she's uh, gained a little bit more confidence. She runs really well with Molly. They worked really well together in the race. And what was really impressive was that they were in uh, with, four kilometers into the race, so two kilometers to go. They were in about 39th and 40th place. And so for Katie to finish, you know, 18th and Molly to finish like 30th and move up so much in that last part was really good. The last part was the only part that was challenging, a little bit bumpy. So the women were really looking forward to that because it was more like what we're used to running and they thought they'd be really strong at the end versus the beginning was so flat. It's not what we're used to running. Is there a value of like showing the team like this is where you could end up at the end of the year if you do well enough? <laughs> yeah, well, I, there's actually still a little bit of confusion about oh, that because okay. <laughs> um, only because 
The we did not run the course for the women that is the traditional NCA course. Okay. We were on the same trails and we ran a 6K course. It was the same distance, but it's not the course they've used forever as the 6K. So it would be valuable because um, regardless, we ran all the trails. We know where we are. We know what, what we're doing. There's sometimes even a value in like the coaches, like I know where to park. I know how to get there, <laughs> like that kind of stuff. Um, but I'm still not 100% clear of um, whether they're switching their 6K course or we're back to the course they've always run. It, it wasn't a big difference, but it was kind of funny the day before because they were warming up using one map and I was warming up using another map and I was like, why aren't you guys going the right way? Uh -huh. And we are. And then it was, you know, it sort of gave us a good distraction of, haha, we came all this way. We don't know what we're doing, but it all ended up fine, obviously. <laughs> Gotcha, gotcha. And then obviously at the top, Jess and Catherine continue to be kind of the leaders for the team. I mean, it seems like they both had a pretty big breakthrough this year, even from last year, maybe. Yeah, I think their breakthrough really started on the track last year. So we definitely saw it coming. But this year, they've been a lot more consistent. And I think what's really worked well is that they're, despite the fact that Jess is um, you know, been the number one runner. I really think they're both number one runners and they've really committed to like running the races together and helping each other through it. So I know they were very much together through 4K and it might have even been, you know, just separating maybe in the last 600 or so. So they're um, really helping each other get to that point before they're like, all right, we're at the end. We got to go, you know, like matters, like what your ultimate place is. So it's really helpful for them that they have each other to run with and work with and train together and all that kind of stuff. Great. And then just tell us what's next for the women's cross-country team. I believe states are coming up, followed by NESCAX. Yeah, we're hosting states, so that's exciting because it doesn't happen um, too often. And last year, we tied for second with Bowdoin, but we lost the tiebreaker and ended up third. Um, and we haven't won, I think, since it was – 2013 was probably the last time we won so I know a lot of the women are really looking forward to that and just because it's at home and we've already run well at home and so we know how to run that course it should give us a lot of confidence and so now we have a big meet basically every other weekend and so we're really into like the meat and the heart of our season all right sounds good thanks so much for the time and congrats again on second place overall at the Louisville Cross Country Classic there thank you Sophomore Katie Barker made the second place finish possible for Bates by turning in the best performance of her career, finishing 19th overall with a time of just under 22 minutes, 30 seconds, a full two minutes better than her previous career best in a 6K race. For her efforts, Barker is our female Bobcat of the Week. It was awesome. It was a lot of fun going into it and like traveling there. It was just like a good time. There was like good vibes. I didn't really feel... There was a lot of pressure or stress. We kind of were just doing what we knew how to do, like what we were doing. And, yeah, it was really good to, like, make the trip seem worth it. I know no one on the team had ever been to Kentucky or Indiana before, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, it's not, not like a usual state to visit, but it was a lot of fun. And then um, how did you first, uh, uh, you know, find out about Bates and why did you end up here? You're a sophomore now, but we'll take us back to your decision-making back when you were in high school. I never really thought about doing athletics and college until one of my teachers mentioned it to me and um, I actually always played soccer and I skied um, but then I considered doing track in college and so I emailed Coach Jay and like 
saw it as an option and um the teachers I mentioned before actually played football at Wesleyan, so he knew about like the D3 life and that, like how it was like, you know, you're able to do it and also like balance schoolwork and everything. So I looked into Bates as the Niskak and Maine. Um, and yeah, and then Coach Jay, once she said I could do the track team, she was like, you should also just join cross country. So I was like, okay, sure, why not? Getting adjusted to cross country when you came to college compared to like you know, previous athletic experience, what was that like? Because cross country is obviously very different. Yeah, I mean, running, I mean, it's kind of the same as track. You're just running for a lot longer. <laughs> so um, it's definitely the mental mindset is very different. Um, that's like a skill in itself is just knowing how to push yourself for 20-something minutes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then uh, how the race go in Louisville for you personally? Because obviously you did, you know, you finished third on the team there. Yeah, it was good. Um, Molly, I was... Uh, she like led us in the beginning and just me mary and molly all like ran together at the beginning and the beginning was definitely pretty crazy but kind of just like locating each other and running the first part of it all together was really helpful and um yeah we try to pack run as much as we can because just like mentally it's easier to do it with someone than by yourself uh and then you know you just give your all until the finish <laughs> yeah and then um looking forward what are you most looking forward to the rest of this cross-country season um i'm guess I'm just looking forward to getting to know our team even better like I feel like this these past few days have been so fun to get to know the girls better and it was interesting how like it was awesome that I feel like I bonded even more with the 10 girls that went but I almost like missed the other the other half of the team that didn't go and I was excited to come back on Sunday and like hear about how it went in at Colby for everyone else and um yeah I guess I'm just like, looking forward to enjoying the team as much as we can all right thanks so much for your time and congrats again on being our female Bobcat of the week thank you so much the men's golf team finished eighth at the Netscat qualifier, led by sophomore Liam McLaughlin, who finished in a tie for 26th place. Meanwhile, it was a tough weekend for the volleyball, soccer, and field hockey teams. They went a combined 0-8 against some very tough Netscat foes, including nationally ranked teams from Trinity and Amherst. But the good news is all four of those teams have chances to bounce back this weekend at home. Because it's back to Bates weekend, and pretty much every team is home this Saturday for the homecoming festivities. There are a lot of great events to check out, and one of those is the Wallach Invitational, an annual fall tournament hosted by the Bates men's tennis team. We caught up with head coach Paul Gassingay to preview the final fall tournament for the Bobcats, hosted right here on campus this weekend. The Wallach Invitational is a, a tradition where we get to play in front of our home fans. It's, a, it's an exciting event, especially on parents' weekend, and. Uh, homecoming weekend uh, it's nice to have a lot of people here at this you know amazing tennis center and the guys get to you know take this opportunity you know it's one more opportunity in the fall to really work on their game and you know we're just building for the spring so every time we play matches against other teams it's experience uh, that we're, we're trying to get better and uh, you can't do that unless you play other teams in tournaments so yeah, absolutely. Uh, going back to ITAs a little bit, another strong doubles performance by Josh Keanu and Nick Glover. How's that team look? I mean, that team's looking good so far, right? Really excited about uh, that pairing. They they really clicked together. Uh, they ended up losing to the same team from Middlebury that they lost to in the finals at the Middlebury invite. Um, so, you know, I think they can be one of the best teams in the country. And, you know, we still have Ben Rosen, one of our top doubles players away, you know, which will you know mix up our our pairings again for the spring but i really like that combo and they're they're a great team 
Yeah, Ben's studying abroad, right? Uh, is he playing much tennis, you know? <laughs> he actually is. He's actually training with uh, Andy Murray's uh, brother's coach, and he's got uh, a whole uh, pool of uh, athletes he's working with up there in Edinburgh. But he's also traveling to London on the weekends and, and training there with some elite players. And his, uh, he's actually signed up for three professional futures events in the U.K. Uh, that he'll play this fall. So he's getting plenty of tennis. Uh, he'll be ready to go. I never worry about Ben. Absolutely. And now, um, who are some maybe other players who are uh, sort of developing now and you're looking forward to see how they perform in the Wallach Invitational? Well, Chris Ellis really worked his tail off all summer. Unfortunately, had a really bad ankle sprain in the same event that Ben uh, made it to the finals of the National Grass Court Championships. And they were actually playing doubles together. And he pushed through a couple rounds with Ben when he probably shouldn't have and uh, messed up his ankle pretty bad. So uh, he hadn't played for five weeks uh, before this past weekend. So he had a really uh, solid tournament considering he hadn't been able to play that much. But uh, looking forward to getting him back in action. And the first years I can't say enough about. They're really solid, awesome players. Uh, Nick Lover lost uh, a tight match to the eventual winner of the ITA from Middlebury, a kid uh, that transferred from Michigan. Um, so uh, we know we have athletes that can play with anyone, and it's really going to come down to how much they work in the off season, and uh, we're going to head into that soon. So everything that they've worked on this fall and we've instilled into their, their game plan, you know, they have to make their own uh, between October and February. And then obviously this weekend, as you touched on, lots of uh, sporting events going on here at Bates. Uh, it seems like everybody's at home. What can people expect to see if they come out to the Wallach Invitational? I mean, you're going to see some of the top-level tennis in the nation. we got Bowden, who was the national champs last year. But, I mean, pretty much everyone we play in the NESCAC, in the Northeast, I mean, they're, they're elite teams, and it's pure Division One level. So if you want to see some great tennis, come on out. Uh, there's great viewing for built-in stadiums, so there's, you're, you're no more than two courts away. So... Please come out and support the Bobcats, and uh, looking forward to some uh, some awesome tennis. All right, Paul, thanks so much. Thanks, Aaron. It's an action-packed week overall for Bates. This Wednesday, the field hockey team hosts Endicott at 7 o'clock. Then the volleyball team welcomes Wesley into town Friday at 7. On Saturday, the athletic events start at 11 a.m. with the women's soccer team hosting Connecticut College. Field hockey also has a home contest with the Camels at noon, and the men's soccer team hosts them at 2 o'clock. Volleyball takes on Trinity at 1 o'clock in Alumni Gym. And, of course, the football team welcomes Williams to Garcelon Field at 1 o'clock as well. No matter where you go this Saturday on the Bates campus, the Bobcats will be in action. And we'll recap it all next time on the Bates Bobcast. Bates! Bates!